okay hey y'all so we're back with episode two i was gonna record like on monday and put it up on tuesday but everybody really liked the um the podcast so i've decided to i guess i recorded earlier release it earlier so hopefully you're hearing this and it's thursday or friday one of those two days um because i'm recording it a little late in the day too it's like 2 30 um but yeah i just wanted to thank everybody for being so supportive that's really cool to me um y'all was real excited so i'm like okay well let me give them what they want i was originally gonna release it with two episodes i was but then i would kept flaking on even like releasing it at all i was like dang i did all this i was like i'm probably not even gonna release it honestly because it's not that good but i can't start you know with like twelve thousand listeners i mean i could but realistically speaking i wasn't so it was just like getting over that but yeah like i've keep you know saying and stuff i really want for this to celebrate black women especially like with everything that's happening and stuff like that just it seeming like black women just keep getting killed and nobody cares <sighs> um just like everything that's been happening and stuff like that i just want to make sure that it's very clear like what the purpose of this podcast is and hopefully it'll create some more avenues um and opportunities for people but yeah um let me know what y'all think of the podcast length because 30 minutes was way too long and this has already been two minutes unedited of me just talking so I'm trying to shoot for like 20 25 but if y'all like it longer then I can definitely talk um obviously like the ones when I start interviewing people are going to be longer but I'm just trying to figure out I have a list of people who I want to speak to but now it's like I have to figure out how we're going to record the audio I don't have two lap mics and honestly, I need a new mic because I don't like the way it sounds, but it's okay. We'll get there. Um, it might have just been because like I felt like I was whispering in my last one. Now I'm like talking in a regular like tone. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, what I've been up to, I've just been chilling, going to work, teleworking, planning on getting my photography together so I can do like more beauty editorial work and stuff and like investing in that. And I started looking at grad school programs again. I had went from like, data to law and I was like I really like law because I could do like business law like intellectual property and copyright law and then I was like oh but I know I don't want to do law school right after right after undergrad because I know I want to go to like a really good law school like a really good program and I just like my work ethic is just not I don't feel like it's where I want it to be or where it was when I was like in high school but also that's more reason to go right after. But anyways, but yeah, and I wanted to focus on working, but now I'm like, dang, I kinda do law school and get my MBA. And then I just found like a bunch of MBA, like um, dual programs, like dual MBA JD programs. I just found a bunch of those today. So I was like, ooh, I was like, put me in the school or whatever. But yeah, so to get into today's episode, all that chitter chatter, um, today's episode is gonna be about black trauma um it shouldn't be triggering but like you know with everything going on it could be so I totally understand um and like I said like for me I do photography which is just very like invasive and just very much in your face like being a photojournalist I think it's harder than being just a reporter because at least as a reporter you're just kind of like 
not just, but you're back to back and forth. You know, you guys are chatting and stuff like that. And you might be writing notes. You might be recording. But as a photographer, like I'm observing, but then there's like this big metal device, like in between us, our face-to-face interaction. And I think about that a lot. What I've been seeing lately has been a lot of like, a lot of tweets and stuff that were saying, you know, black trauma is not like a portfolio piece or I don't remember what the tweet was. It was good, but it was like non-black people went in Pulitzers off of like, black pain and stuff like that and that's so true because it's like we need and that's why I'm always so conflicted about just like oh I hate photography not photography I hate journalism because we do need more of us in those spaces and in those fields where um yes like we're supposed to be unbiased but our identity definitely gives us some leeway to connect better with those people and maybe to be able to better understand some of what they're going through and putting it to into words and into the statements and the graphs and the essays um, and the long investigative pieces that people need so that they can better understand what's going on in these communities. However, however, I do also understand that in general, like, I understand why people are, well, they don't trust the media, but more so why underprivileged communities don't trust the media. Not white people, I'm sorry, because y'all are the media so what all this fake news media bs that's kind of coming out that came from out of nowhere but i i i more so can relate to and better understand how underprivileged communities and stuff like that feel when the media comes to report on them because a it's usually wrong or b it's like you can't trust them because the information that they're gonna put out could harm you or put you in harm's way and see like it's not like it does anything for you like you feel like you're telling your story they get paid to write about it and then no change is becoming of it so I totally understand that and like even with the protests like first of all we're in the middle of a pandemic so that's why I don't really want to go out to the protest to photograph but if I did photograph I still would feel weird because like now there's um you know everybody's encouraged to like block out the faces of the protesters and stuff and then like people who are looting if you're looting don't take pictures of their face obviously because you know it can be used against them and stuff like that and it's more than just blurring out their face like it's like put a black box over the photo take a screenshot of the photo to remove the exif data and the metadata from um that your camera stores and metadata is just like data behind the image that'll say like who took the photo where the photo's taken the time the photo like all this evidence that like could help the feds potentially but if you take that picture put a black uh black box over the person and then take a screenshot of the picture and post the screenshot that's a totally considered you know a, considered a totally different file um so yes i've seen a lot of that on twitter and a lot of that fear is coming from like in 2014 when they're like the protests for michael brown's death a lot of the protesters from ferguson ended up dead and i did not know that they either ended up dead or in prison and when I looked up the story, it's actually true. And so people were like, um, I think this is from a Guardian article. I just read like a few and I just summarized this one. These protesters or who are like the main faces of Ferguson, um, they were getting like death threats years and years later. And then six men who were all, the way that they're like connected by thread is that they all attended the protest were found dead. And so even the guy who, um, who's on, was it the cover of Time? I feel like it was the cover of Time. But he was throwing a tear gas canister back at the feds and he ended up dead too. Three of them were ruled um, suicides. And then two people were found like in torched cars with like bullet wounds. And then one overdose on fentanyl. So it's like some crazy stuff going on. And honestly, I don't, 
I'm usually not, I try not to be a uh, conspiracy theorist or whatever, but also like people can do sick stuff. Like there are sick people in this world and people get into power and don't know how to act. So sometimes I'm like, I'd be leaning into them, but we know like that the feds were, even when the Black Panther Party was like starting to, um, to become more famous and they were getting more you know acclaim and stuff not even famous but more acclaim and stuff like that and more well known um and making some you know some leeway in communities and stuff like that they ran up on them and killed them they were we know this from coentel pro and like mlk's phone was tapped i mean that's a whole nother story y'all can have a conversation about mlk because i don't know what he was up to people say he was cheating on coretta i don't know about that i don't know <laughs> i don't know too much about that but, um, but yeah, like black, the, the FBI be stri- strategically killing people. So, and my FBI agent, if you're listening to this, whatever. So yeah, so that's why I'm hesitant to say like, oh, I don't believe that those protesters were killed, you know, strategically or something like that. Like you never know. And I just, uh, People who are photographers, and this all goes back to like non-black people getting um, Pulitzer Prizes off of black trauma. For me, it's like I'm stuck because again, I want the stories to be reported. I want us to have that documentation, but on the flip side, I want it to be from somebody who understands and like who maybe, you know, you don't have to be from that city or from that area, but at least you have some base ground understanding through your experiences that, you know, you guys share um, between you as the photographer and the people that you're photographing, which in this case would be the protesters and stuff. But yeah, like the other thing is like, I like as much as I want more black journalists to cover these issues and stuff like that, also you can't force black journalists to only cover black issues and you don't need to be black to cover black issues. I was looking for internships last last summer and a paper back home in Connecticut, I had like got an interview and I think I wrote like a, I wrote a couple graphs of like a car crash story from like a police uh, press release, which is what, that's like, you know, that's, that's typical, whatever. And they saw that, oh, like a lot of your work is centered around the black explosion, which is UMD's black newspaper that I'm editor-in-chief for and she's like oh I noticed you have like this very like cultural um cultural focus da 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 and we love and mind you I was supposed to be doing photography for them so primarily I was going to be doing like graduations just like you know stuff that comes up doing profiles whatever but she also mentioned oh well there's been like a string of hate crimes in the schools in the area and we'd love if you covered them I'm just like a girl first of all it was free second of all it was a unpaid internship excuse me not free it was an unpaid internship. Second of all, people have been putting up swastikas and writing nigga on the wall for months now, you say. And you just now want me to cover it in the summertime when ain't nobody at school because I'm the only black person on your staff? That was the other thing. The paper was small and I would have been the only black person on the staff, an unpaid intern. And I was not okay with that. That really like blew me too. I did not like that. You don't have to have black people to cover black issues, but I just felt like in that moment I was going to be used to like A, boost the diversity of the paper and then also cover these black traumatic issues when in reality black people like we're not a monolith and that includes like history like we have a very strong vibrant history and stuff like that beyond the trauma and stuff and I know the trauma is what stands out because it's kind of like a lot of our culture is a byproduct of that trauma that don't mean that that's all that we have though and I would like for that to be put through everybody's head that's my issue people are using like it's black trauma is being milked and whether it's by like the television or the media or 
different companies that are just kind of noticing and realizing that we're um we exist <laughs> that we're here uh it's just like it's it's frustrating and stuff like that don't say that your organization or you know your publication or whatever you are supports black lives and stuff when you either don't hire black you don't give them the jobs and the pay that they deserve or you only care about them when it comes to black people dying and that's my biggest issue i think with in general with a lot of these announcements that are coming out whether it's from newspapers um even departments on campus or just publications and stuff at the end of the day like you don't hire black you're not trying to support the increase of wealth like within the black community and you know the cash flow within our community instead of maybe taking that space to say um or taking up the space where there should be black creatives or you know black employees or whatever or black publications that are there, instead of taking that space and saying, well, we support them, da, 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 how about you give those black creatives and those black employees the power to be that voice and to, um, you know, to do what they need to do and get, help them get the resources they need. And that's not to say that every black content creator, every black employee or black, you know, black person in a particular field that doesn't mean that they always need the resources or that they can't make it on their own however it's recognizing as a company a department a newspaper a publication the resources that you have and using them in a way that helps these people tell their own stories and do their jobs and support their community. Um, so I think that's where like the ball got dropped for me by a lot of these places is that they're not recognizing that they take up the space where the black people should be. How, how you gonna help us? But you, you are in the way. Being black is a roller coaster ride and we're all very familiar with that. So it's not like, it can't just be us dead and gone. You know, we, we're here, we're alive, we do things, we live life just like anybody else does. So that's my biggest thing. Um, for me, myself, I feel like I've been able to recognize my own privilege in a lot of different ways. One of the most like revealing and telling situations was last summer when I worked for Capital News Service and we did a piece, it was a long term, three month or so. Um, piece on how climate change is affecting uh, East Baltimore City and how like there's no tree coverage and how that lack of tree coverage makes you know cities hotter um, than let's say like suburban areas that might be wealthier and stuff like that very interesting piece and stuff even I had to recognize like my own privilege coming into that space where you know like I can go home and go get in a car that has AC I can go home to an apartment with AC I don't have to worry about being hot um, throughout the night or worry about staying in buildings that are so old that like I develop asthma because the building in the dust like I develop asthma because I live there like I don't have to or you know I don't have to worry about those things and I had to recognize that when I come into these people's homes like when I come into these people's like places of worship or just their community that's their community they can't just it's not they can go and then they can just leave and that's how it feels when non-black people just only report on trauma or only focus on trauma you can come in when you want to and when it bleeds it leads that's what we say in journalism and that just means when it's bloody when it's death it leads on the front pages or you know it takes precedence over other stories um and i totally understand that you know make money how you gotta make money whatever but um you have to recognize when you can come in and when you can just leave and how that affects the people you're telling these stories about and even for me and my co-worker maris shout out my sis or whatever even for both of us we both had to recognize that privilege that we had and how it was even harder for us because we had cameras and cameras, I think, 
for underprivileged communities or like historically dis- <clears throat> historically disadvantaged communities represents surveillance. Like like I always feel like somebody watching me. Like it's somebody watching me at, but I don't know who it is, so I'm watching my back. What, what do you have a camera here for? What do you want? Do you need something? Like are you trying to expose me? Like what's good? So I feel like that was kind of the feel like you know it's a surveillance type thing even one time like we had the gopro on top of the car because we were trying to um we were trying to show the difference like how you drive from one end of baltimore city like um oh my god i'm having a brain fart on where it was but east baltimore city where oh like broadway east and stuff like that in that area like how you can drive through over there and then drive to roland park and there's all these trees like lit on the sides of the street and like hampton um there's like all these trees and everything and all this foliage and stuff and how much and you know with that we were going to take the videos and then also like show you the different temperatures and stuff so that's what we were doing and people saw us with that camera on the car and then people was looking at us like why that white man got a camera on his car because those were my boss so it was just like again it's just like you have to recognize your privilege in being able to walk into those spaces and just leave when you want to leave when things get uncomfortable and black people don't have that when it comes to trauma and police brutality and you know dealing with a system that systematically oppresses us so like i said the biggest takeaway is that i want whoever is empowered to recognize that you can jump in and jump out when you want to but i hope that you would jump in for the long run black people are more than just death like we are alive we're here even as a black person you recognize your privilege and you recognize you recognize your privilege in relation to others and what that means for you and whatever it is that you're doing, whether that's photography, being a creative, whether that's being a lawyer, being a dentist, whatever it is that you do. I just hope you recognize that you can still be privileged like over other black people and over other people in your community and how you can use that privilege to better things for your community. So that's all I wanted to say to you guys, lovely people. Unedited this video, not video. <sighs> unedited this podcast this episode is hitting 23 minutes so and that's without the outro so that's pretty good edited it'll probably go down to like 18 18 19 17 um so yeah so that's really good um but yeah again i want to thank you guys for listening and always showing support you guys can follow the podcast for like updates and new episode uh notifications on any Thing that you listen to music on whether that's apple google spotify anchors website there's some website called pocket casts but yeah you can follow and subscribe so you guys can keep up with updates and then also go ahead and follow me on instagram because why wouldn't you wouldn't you want to see my photography and when i release new episodes so yes go do that amina simone.jpg and then finally if you want to be on the show if you want to be on the show, let me know. Um, you can. I'm a rapper now. Y'all heard that? If you want to be on the show, you can email me at asimonephotography at yahoo.com. And I'll put that in the show notes. <laughs> y'all heard that? Show notes. I'm, I do this. I literally do this, y'all. Come on now. I'm going to put it in the show notes and the link to the article. And I was going to put something else in the show notes. I was going to put something else in the show notes for y'all, but yeah, y'all, that's about it for me. So you guys, hope you guys enjoy this little quick bonus episode, you know, makes you tell all your friends and all that good stuff. So yeah, thanks again for listening. Peace out, Girl Scout.